You're listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now let's listen in. How many of you remember, we, uh, we, let's see, we missed last week, so how many of you remember what I preached two weeks ago? Something about Jesus? Wow. That's, that's wow. That's really stepping out there in faith. And <laughs> Who remembers? Maybe, I guess I'm going to preach it again. It was out of a, a minor prophet. Habakkuk, Habakkuk, <laughs> we couldn't decide how we wanted to pronounce it, Habakkuk, who remembers the main point? I'm testing y'all, putting your brains to think. Yes, yes, he, basically Habakkuk was crying out to God, he was, he was, he was upset with God, he said, God, I don't, I don't get this, what's, What's going on? Why, why is all this happening? Why is this going on in my life? Why, God, are you really, are, are you using the enemy, the Babylonians? Are you, going, are you going to use them to come in and, and discipline us? I mean, how can you do that? So he's just, he's just questioning God about stuff that's happened in his life, and he didn't understand it. And so he has this conversation back and forth with God about the trials and stuff and questions. And so we talked about that and... Um, and I, I think, you know, if we're all honest, every one of us at some point in our life probably has some questions about, you know, why does God do this or why did he allow that to happen or, you know, what's going on? Why, why does this always seem to happen? And we have some of these questions and, and we put them up to God. And so I want to kind of follow up a little bit tonight, kind of in that same, um, in that same vein of, of if, if we're not careful, if, if we're not careful, we can let things that happen to us that, that we don't think should, should be happening to us, things that, you know, again, whether it's some kind of sickness or disease or, or some financial problem or a relationship problem or something going on in our life that we, we, can, we can ask God and say, we can begin to question God's, why are you letting this happen? Any of y'all ever had a question from God, why are you letting this happen? Am I the only one that that relates to? Um, why, why? You know, why is this? And I, that's, again, that's what I love about the psalmist, David. He's often just crying out to God. Why, why is this going on? But he always comes back to God and says, God, I'm going to praise you. And that's what Habakkuk wound up with in the last chapter. Remember he said, even though the fig trees don't blossom, yet I'm going to keep praising you, Lord. I'm going to keep coming to you. Well, one of the things, if we're not careful, when, those, when things happen to us that way and we get these questions that we're not careful, we're going to let them affect our heart. And and what I want to what I want us to look at tonight is there's a passage where my glasses go. All right. Um, see, if if we're not if if we're not careful, if things don't go the way we think things ought to go. We can let our heart get hurt. We can let our heart become hardened. Our heart can become wounded. And, and we, need to, we need to be careful of those things. And I, I want to read some scriptures to you. In Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through 13, this is out of the passage translation. It says this, So search your hearts once a month. 
How often is every day? So search. This is now this is New Testament, right? Hebrews. We're not real sure who wrote it. Some people think Paul did. Others think others did it. But Jesus wrote it. That's that's the main thing. And he's saying, search your hearts every day, brothers and sisters, and make look at this. Make sure none of you has an evil or unbelief hiding within you. The implication there is that it's hiding where? In your heart. Make certain, search your hearts to make certain that there's nothing, there's not unbelief in there, that there's not a hardness that's happened there, that there's not something going on, a wound or a hurt that you've allowed to happen. And that's what he's saying. Just search your heart. And he, he says do it every day. Pay attention. For Why? Why, why should we do that? For if you're not careful, your heart can lead you astray and make you unresponsive to the living God. This is the time to encourage each other to never be stubborn or hardened by sin's deceitfulness. In other words, it's possible if you're not careful, sin can harden your heart. I want to read this in chapter 6. It says this in the passage translation. But we long to see you passionately advance until the end and you find your hope fulfilled. Luke says verse 12. So don't allow your hearts to, what's it say? Is it up there? So it, if he's saying don't allow your heart to grow dull, is it possible for your heart to grow dull? Yes. Absolutely. Don't allow it to grow dull or lose enthusiasm. But follow the example of those who fully received what God has promised because of their strength and faith and patient, everybody say patient endurance. Don't, don't we all love the idea of patient endurance? I mean, it's just exciting. <laughs> In Proverbs 4, it says this. I'm going to go on. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. Why? Why do these words? For they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. How many of you want life and healing in your whole body? What do we need to do according to that verse? Pay attention to his word. You know what it says? Listen to it. Pay it let it penetrate deep into your heart. Then he says this. He adds to this. Verse 23. This is what I want us to look at. Guard your heart above all else. For it, deter for it determines the course of your life. Let's read it again. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And then he goes on to say, avoid perverse talk, stay away from corrupt speech, look straight ahead, fix your eyes on what lies before you, mark out a straight path for your feet, stay on that safe path, don't get sidetracked, keep your feet from following evil. Man, there's a, there's a bunch right there. I would say just in that one little paragraph there, we could rule out a whole bunch of what we were watching on TV. <laughs> you think? Maybe even a, a big percentage of what's on Facebook. Huh? You, you understand, you do understand the more... the. And I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here, but the, the, the more we feed on stuff that isn't Jesus, the more likely we're our hearts to become dull and become hardened. 
We begin to listen to stuff and believe stuff and pay attention to stuff that isn't what Jesus is saying. And if we're not careful, we can let all those lies and stuff begin to penetrate and begin to speak. And, and we can get a dullness of our heart, a hardening of our heart. That's why he says, pay attention to it. Guard your heart. And I love how he says, above all else, guard your heart. Let me read this whole passage to you again, but in the passage translation. It says this. Listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you and pay attention to all that I have to say to you. Fill your thoughts with my words. Pay attention. What are we supposed to fill our thoughts with? His word, God's word, the word of God, Jesus' word. Fill your thought with his words. Now, if we're not careful, whose, whose word can we fill our thoughts with? Everybody else's? Who else? The enemy, will the enemy talk to you? If we're not careful, we can fill our heart with his thoughts. We can fill our hearts with everybody else. We can fill our hearts with what? who else's thoughts? Our own thoughts. You with me? He's saying fill your thoughts with his words until, until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. Don't you just love that? As you pay attention to his word and let his word speak to your heart and you pay attention to what Jesus is saying to you and you pray and you have fellowship and communion with God and he speaks to you, you pay attention to those words and they bring life. And then he goes on, verse 23, so above all, everybody say above all else. What's that mean? It's a sense of priority. Would you agree? So the writer's saying above, above everything else in your life, above everything that's going on, guard the affections of your heart. Pay attention. Above anything else going on in your life, above anything else that's being said or talked about or spoken or, or what, whatever else is going on around you, above all of those things, pay attention Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being. From there flows the wellspring of life. Avoid dishonest speech and pretentious words. Man, every time I read that, I want to just say, is there something in our life we ought to be turning off? <laughs> Avoid dishonest speech. Or See how easy that is? You just push a button. and you, you know how much junk, I'm trying to think of a nice way of saying that. Do you know how much stuff, garbage, scuba, you know how much of that you can miss by just pushing a button? Above all else. I want, to, I want us to think about that for a second. Above everything, above everything else that happens in our lives. So what he's saying is this, when, when the stuff, when, when stuff comes against us, you, you understand, even though you're a born-again Christian, spirit-filled, full of Jesus, you understand that there's a chance things are still going to come against you in your life? Everybody understand that? Yeah. You, you can't have, there's a possibility you'll have some problems, some tribulations that come your way. When it comes your way, he says, what he's saying is if we're not careful, our heart can start to become dull from those things, can become hard. If we're not careful, we can blame ourselves for stuff that's happened. 
We can blame everybody else. You know, if somebody hadn't have done this to me, if my mom hadn't have treated me like this, or, you know, my wife hadn't have said that, or if my boss hadn't have done this to me, or, you know, if I didn't live in this neighborhood. I mean, how much of that crap do we hear all the time? And we want to, we want to blame everybody else. We can blame God when stuff comes our way. And if we're not careful, we can harden our hearts to God and to others. And I love this. Again, above, let's go back to this above all else. So when I think of that, it's like above all else speaks of priority, right? And when I think of that, above everything else in my life, everything else that's going on in my life, I need to guard my heart. I mean, sometimes I think we spend more time worrying about where we're going to eat dinner than we are guarding our heart. There's a mute button on there. You can. <laughs> What's she saying? I can't find the mute button. <laughs> There's also an off button. Good job. <laughs> your, your, your grandson's coming to help you out with the mute button here. <laughs> uh, that's too funny. <laughs> oh, Lord. Above all else. <laughs> Above our phones ringing. I mean, there's a, there's, I'm not picking on you, Karen, but sometimes we're, it's like we can't go anywhere in life without this thing attached to us. It's like, it's like our world's going to come to an end if we don't have this phone. You realize, you know, 20, 30 years ago, we didn't carry them around? Yeah, it's so much better, too. <laughs> I mean, seriously, but I, let's go back. As, as a priority, as a priority in our life, I mean, when you think of things, when you think of things that are priorities, and what's what's the world tell you? What the world tells us that is a priority. If we want things to go well in our life, if we want things to be good, if we want things to work out, then we need to we need to do certain things. And I and I'm not saying don't do these things, but think of it as an order of priority. The, the world tells us that that you got to do what? Get a education. You got to get a college degree, right? You, what else the world tell you you got to do? You got to make money. You got to work hard. You got to what? You go to the gym. <laughs> you got to go to the gym. <laughs> I just went and saw my doctor the other day, the cardiologist, and he had the nerve to tell me, literally had the nerve to tell me that I needed to lose like 40 pounds. Can you believe that? He, 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 with, in all sincerity, he asked me, how tall are you? And I said, about 5'10". He said, well, you ought to weigh about 165 pounds. I looked at him, I said, I'd be skin and bones if I weighed 165 pounds. He said, do you know how many people tell me that? Would you rather be a healthy skin and bones or a dead fat person? That's what he said to me. <laughs> Almost left. And then he had the nerve to tell me, I need to quit eating things that are good, sweet, you know, white things, carbohydrates, quit, yeah, yeah, quit drinking, he didn't want me to drink, <laughs> yeah, I'm working on it, maybe I need to have some inner healing over my doctor, I think he wounded me, told me I was fat. <laughs> Yeah. 
above all else, forget what your doctor said. <laughs> no, it's, you know, again, it, it speaks of priority. See, if we're not careful, we, we are raised and taught, and again, I'm not saying some of these things you don't need to do, but it's an order of priority. Our, if we're not careful, we can make our job our priority. Can't we? I mean, that can, that, our livelihood, our work, that, that, I mean, that, that's how we're raised. You gotta, you know, go, and you gotta work hard and do all this and save a bunch of money and, and maybe somewhere down the road when you're 70, you can retire and live happily thereafter. <laughs> Whatever that looks like. Then you got kids and grandkids and everybody else you got to take care of. So, but it's, it's, it's this priority idea. It's like, you know, it, it's education's a priority. You know, our, our, our stomachs become our priority. You know, we, food becomes, you know, it's, we can make everything. But all, all this, this writer of, of, of Proverbs is saying this, in order of priority above everything else, everything you do above all of between your Marriage between above your home, above your vehicles, above everything else in your life, guard your heart. And I just when I read that, I think, really, how much how much time do I spend in my day thinking about my heart, not my physical? Maybe I ought to spend more time. My cardiologist says I ought to spend more time thinking about that, <laughs> but. But you know what I'm saying about this, our spirit. Guard, guard, guard that. How do spend time? Put it, put it on a priority list. Stick it up here at the top of the list is what he's saying. Make it important. You, under, you understand that that's, that God's saying that? I mean, I know Solomon wrote it, but God's telling us that. Now, how do we do that? I want us to just look at a couple of practical ways of doing that. I've got a couple of questions I want to ask. How, how can we tell if we're being successful in guarding our heart? How do, how do we know if we're doing good at that? One of the best ways I know, and this one can hit home sometimes, um, one of the best ways I know what's going on in my heart is to pay attention to what's coming out of here. Right? Pay attention to the words I'm speaking. What am I saying? What's coming, what's coming out? That's a, that's a frame of reference to tell me what's going on in here. In fact, is I, th- I think Jesus said this. You brood of vipers. <laughs> Jesus was just a nice guy, wasn't he? He never got in anybody's face. He loved everybody. And he did, obviously. But he did get in some people's face. You brood of vipers. How can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. King James says this, O generation of vipers, how can ye, speak, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, for out of what's in here, the mouth speaks. In other words, if, if, if you pay attention to what you're doing and speaking, if you pay attention to what comes out of here, that's a good gauge of what's going on in here. Let me give an example. When you're riding down the road <laughs> and some innocent person pulls in front of you and cuts you off and you say something out of your mouth. Yeah, like God bless you. 
<laughs> I knew it was something about blessing, but I didn't, I didn't remember the God part. That's God bless you. I mean, when, when, you, when you pay attention to those things, I mean, literally, there's, it, you know, where's the, where's the I, sometimes I'll ask myself, why am I so mad at that person? Seriously, why, why am I letting that person that doesn't know how to drive <laughs> impact me? Why am, I, why am I letting them get me in a bad mood? Why am I letting them cause me to say something that I shouldn't say? In other words, if that's what's going on, that's a sign there's probably something else going on in my heart. Where does all that, how, what, what, what caused me to respond like that? And the other thing is, and I think this is a good one you need to pay attention to, is if something happens in your life, what is your, what is your level of response to that thing that happened? Does that make sense? In other words, if, if let me think of an example. If one of your kids, um, you know, comes in and throws his coat on the floor and walks off, I mean, if all of a sudden this just, you, your response is just over the top. I mean, you just come unglued on them. And just, you know, there's something else going on in your life. If your response is more than it should be compared to the thing that's happening in you, does that make sense to you? I mean, I've seen sometimes people will just, I mean, literally come on and glued over the smallest little thing. And that, that says to me, there's something else going on in that person's heart other than what the, because of the response that they're having to this little thing that's happening. Does that make sense? I mean, I, I, pay attention to those things, because if all of a sudden you find yourself just blooming mad over some little teeny thing, that should say something to you. That's a good gauge of what's going on in my heart. What are the words that are coming out? What are my responses? How do I, how do I guard my heart? Or what does it mean to guard your heart? In other words, I think the way you can do that, as I've already handed to it, is one, watch what you allow to go into it. Pay attention to the things you're watching on TV, the, thing, the movies you're watching, the things you're paying attention to. If you're spending hours a day in front of the news media and that's what you're filling yourself full of, you're not guarding your heart. I'm just telling you. What are you meditating on? The Word talks about us meditating on things. And what, is, what am I thinking about? What am I dwelling on? What am I focused on? That's what it means to meditate. If you don't, let me just ask you this question. Have any of you ever kept yourself up at night thinking about something? That's meditating. You're just meditating on the wrong thing. <laughs> Does that make sense? So we, we meditate. You just need to meditate on God's Word. Meditate on what's true. What are our thoughts focused on? What are we spending our time thinking about? That's how we guard our hearts. See, some, sometimes we have to purposely do something in our lives to change, to change what's happening to our heart. I, I made fun of this a minute ago, but sometimes we need, to, we need to push the button and turn the tube off. I see, you know, one of the things is just, well, I hope this don't, well, I was going to say I hope this doesn't step on any toes, but I do kind of hope it steps on toes. Preacher, you're supposed to step on toes, aren't you? Okay. One of the things that bugs me, and maybe it's just me, but I, I don't think it's just me, is, is we, we take these little kids. I've, sometimes I see like year-and-a-half-old kids that are, that, are, that are consumed with 
would watching what's on this video screen. Or adults, you go to a, how many times have you been to a restaurant, see this, you assume they're husband and wife sitting across from each other, and they're both on their phones. They're not talking to each other, they're not communicating. We don't, we, we let our kids, I mean, they don't sit at the table and we communicate and we talk. We find, How's your day going? What did you do? What did you learn at school? What's happening in your life? How are things, how, how are you and your friends? What's going on? We let them get consumed because it's easier just to stick them in front of the TV. That's wrong. We're, we're, we're not teaching them how to guard their heart. Sometimes we have to purposely do things in our life to do that. How do we, how do, we do this? I'm going I'm to go on. How do, how do we guard our heart? I think one of the best ways I know, probably the top of priority list of guarding our heart, is to go after Jesus with everything in me. Everything, everything in my heart to go after God, to be consumed with knowing him. Why? Because if my heart is full of Jesus, there's not enough room for it to be full of something else. Say it again. If my heart is full of Jesus, if I'm on fire and I'm consumed with knowing him and following him, there's there's no space in it for something else. It's what I'm consumed with. It's what I'm following after. Apostle Paul told Timothy this, and Second Timothy said this, this is, this is why I would remind you, stir up, this is in the Amplified, stir up, and it quotes, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame, and keep burning. So that's the idea of stirring it up. The gift, the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by the means of laying out of hands with those of the elders at your nation. Paul's telling Timothy, Fan that flame, stir it up, kindle the fire that's there. If we're going after Jesus and we're doing those kind of things, kindling that fire and going after him with everything, we don't, we don't have time for our heart to get focused on everything else that's going to that's gonna hurt and wound and, and, and build hardness in our hearts. Paul also told in Ephesians to keep being filled with the Spirit. That's our part, to do the fanning, to let it to let it to kindle the flame. Now, how do you how do you kindle something? Think of how many of you guys I went to Boy Scouts. <laughs> how do you how do you start a fire with what? With with propane. <laughs> with with pro- <laughs> Leave it to Jeff. If you don't have a lighter and a propane bottle sitting next to you and you're out in the woods and all you got is a, a little match and you want to start a fire, do you stick the fire under, under, underneath a big old log and hope it's going to catch on? You start with kindling, it can be called. You kindle the fire. You, you, start, you start by, by, by putting it there in this, in, this, in this small thing. And one of the ways that you can kindle, this may sound a little weird, one of the ways to kindle the fire is to not quench it. That's deep, isn't it? Quenching the fire means to do what? Put it out. Pour water on it. Put the fire out. The scripture tells us to not quench. Here we go. Where'd it go? Do not quench the spirit, First Thessalonians. Do not quench it. How do you quench it? By trying to put by putting it out. How many of you ever had a Let's go back to the fire analogy. How many of you have fireplaces in your home? What do you have to do to keep that fire going? You stir it. You feed it. You put more kindle on it. You can fan the flame. What, what happens if you just walk away and leave it alone? 
it dies down. It goes out. If you don't keep a fire stirred up, it's going to die down on its own. It's going to go out. If you just walk away, it's going to go out. Same thing happens with our heart. Same thing happens in the spirit. If we don't, if we don't keep that stirred up, and there's a portion, there's a, you see, the Holy Spirit does it in us, but we're the ones that have to get hungry. That makes sense? We're, we're the ones that kindle it. We're the ones that Paul's saying, stir it up, Timothy. Stir, the fire's in you. Fan that flame. Stir it up. Go after Jesus, is what he's saying. And that's one of the ways we, we can not quench the fire that's in us is by going after him. Another way, and again, I've hinted at this, is, is that we can guard our hearts is by paying attention to the things we think on. Philippians says this, chapter 4, and I'm going to wind this thing down. Philippians 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord when you feel like it. <laughs> Rejoice in the Lord. Always. Have you ever noticed that it's a lot easier to say that than it is to do it? Yeah. Does always include when things aren't going your way? Does always include when your car breaks down? Does it include when you get a bad report from the doctor? Does it include when something happens with your family? Does it include when you lose your job? Does it include your finances? Always. How do you guard your heart? Rejoicing, paying attention to what you're thinking on. Rejoicing in the Lord always. I love how Paul puts this. In fact, if you didn't get it the first time, in case you missed it, I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. <laughs> I love that. Hey, guys. Rejoice in the Lord always, all the time. If you didn't catch it, do this. Rejoice. In other words, there's some emphasis on rejoicing. You understand that rejoicing isn't predicated on things that are happening in your life? In other words, it, it's, if I were to go out here, which I don't ever do, I say I don't ever, I, I may have spent a few dollars very few dollars in my life buying lottery tickets. But let's say I bought a lottery ticket and I scratched it off and it said it's going to pay me $5,000 a week for the rest of my life. Rejoice. You'd see some rejoicing going on. <laughs> okay? You might even get a dance out of me. I know, I know. I'm just letting you. It's easy to rejoice when it's good. This says rejoice Always, even when it's not good, even when things are not happening the way you think they're supposed to, even when it's tough, even when the, we're still supposed to be rejoicing in the Lord. It's a choice. Rejo look at rejoicing is a choice. It's a choice you make to do it. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Man, I love this passage. Do not be anxious about anything. What's that called? Worry. Is that a choice? Would he say don't do it if it wasn't possible to do it? Sure, sure you can worry. But he says don't. It's a, you have a decision to make. You can decide I'm not, I'm going to rejoice instead of 
worry. In fact, there's one of the things I found out. If I'm rejoicing, it stops me from worrying. Don't be anxious about anything. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. We could camp out there for a while, couldn't we? Stop worrying, he says. Quit, quit being anxious. Don't be anxious for anything. And everything that happens, in every situation in your life, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. When you do that, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. How do you guard your heart? You pray. You rejoice with thanksgiving. You bring it to God. You come to Him. And He says, if you do that, the peace of God. How many of you ever experienced that? I mean, you've been right in the middle of something that, that, that should, should be sending you to the, to the psychiatrist. <laughs> and you have a peace that just you can't even comprehend. You don't even understand it. You ever had that? It's a, it's a literally above your understanding. I've had it happen when I go, I, sometimes I've, I've even asked somebody, should I, is there something wrong with me? Don't be shaking your head over there. <laughs> That's why I never asked any of y'all, is something wrong with me? <laughs> I mean, seriously, I've, I've been in situations before and I, and I thought, I, I should be worried. <laughs> I'll, this is, this is bad. I ought to be anxious about this. And yet there's a peace that just I don't, it passes your understanding. You don't, you don't get it. And, it. and what will that do? It will guard your heart. You want to guard your heart? You pray. And here's a kicker. Here, here's, a, here's where uh, uh, this is how you guard your heart written out in two verses. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, What's something true? The Word of God. What else is true? Tell me something true in your life. What's true? God loves you. Jesus is Lord. Y'all going to need to work on this. I'm giving you homework. I did this. Y'all have heard my story on this. God, God delivered me from three months of anxiety attacks by this verse right here. I went home and took every one of those. I wrote out about three pages of everything that's true. I wrote down. God said, what's true in your life? I wrote it down. Jesus loves me. I'm a child of God. Jesus died for me. I'm special to Jesus. Special in a good way. <laughs> I have a wife that loves me. I have great kids. Everything that was true in my life, I wrote it down. Whatever's noble, whatever's right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Put your brain where? On these things. Instead of, the, instead of looking at the problem, instead of focusing on, the, on the, all the ifs and what if this happens. And Do you understand you can drive yourself nuts with the what ifs? What, what if this goes on? Well, what if 
You know, what if that happens? What if I lose my job? What if I get sick? What if this person does this? What you can you can you can literally drive yourself insane with what ifs in your life. Think about these things. Focus on them, the things that are true and honorable and lovely and pure and admirable. Practice and 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 putting your thought and your brain into those things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put them into practice. And what's going to happen if you do these things? And the God of peace. Let's all say that. The God of peace will be with you. That's a promise. That's a promise that we have. God of peace will be with you. The God of peace. Hmm. We need to spend time. We need to learn how to think on these things. That's called meditating. Think about what God's done in your life. Think Think of, that's where testimony is so important. Think of what he's done. Think of the things that's happened in the past. That's what so journaling is so important. You can go back and read your journals and go, oh man, God did answer this here. He did take care of that. He did fix this. God, God's good. God's God. God's on the throne. God's in charge. God, God's not worried about this planet. You understand that? God's, God's not anxious I'm gonna say it again God's not anxious he's not worried he's not all upset he's not twiddling his thumbs thinking oh my god what are these idiots down there doing well he may be thinking that but (laughs) I don't think he's thinking that (laughs) what yeah that's true he give me that's right. He give me talking to himself. Oh, oh me, that's right. Oh my, oh my me. Meditate, declare. All oh, this is part of this of how you guard your heart. Meditate on the Word of God. Speak the Word of God. Declare it. Speak it. Confess who you are in Christ. How do you guard your heart? You speak what Jesus says about you. Look at me. The enemy's going to tell you lies. He'll use people to tell you lies. If you're counting on people to build you up, you're going to be in trouble. That's what we're supposed to do as Christians is to build each other up. We, I, we need to get better at that. We need to work on doing that. Get better at encouraging and building one another up. But if, if you're counting on people, you're going to let that get let down. Somebody's going to let you down. Confess who you are in Jesus. Think on these things. That's how you, and again, go back. I, I just, I don't know how to get this across. It's like above everything else in your life. I don't care. There's nothing, nothing in my life, nothing in your life that can have a higher priority than guarding our hearts by doing the things that we just talked about, getting in the Word, spending time with Jesus, praying, confessing the truth, declaring the truth, 
not believing the lies. Quit focusing on the wrong stuff. Man, we get so sidetracked and just focusing on the wrong stuff. And I look at me. That can even be COVID. If we spend all our time thinking about what's happening, what's going on, reading the news reports. If you don't know it already, you can't believe 99.999% of what you hear on TV <laughs> and radio and people. But no, nope, no, no, nobody, I don't know if anybody even knows, much less those that do know or if they're speaking the truth. You got to trust Jesus. That's the bottom. Trust Jesus. He trust him. Put your eyes on him. Don't worry about everything else. Trust him. Let him. Amen. 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 I mean, I'm not going to say that. I was going to say the worst thing that could happen is you just go to be with Jesus, but <laughs> sometimes that sounds like a good alternative. Let's stand up. What? I'm beating on the pulpit. Went creaked. You guys good? Amen. Some of you, a couple of you guys, come up here and be on the ministry team. That are part of the ministry team. I don't. I like always giving people an opportunity to get prayer. If you need some prayer, please come up and let these guys pray with you. Father, thank you for the truths of your word. Dad, I, I just I ask that you would keep this verse in front of us, Lord. Keep in front of us that above everything else that happens in our lives and the top priority of things that we should do is to guard our hearts, Lord. To keep our eyes focused on you, Dad. To spend time in your word, to meditate on your word, to, to, to proclaim it, declare it, confess who we are, Lord. Hallelujah. Dad, I just I pray you would just go with us this week. Lord, let your kingdom come. Dad, use us. Father, I pray you'd use us to advance your kingdom this week. Dad, I pray you'd give us more testimonies next week of folks that we've prayed for and people that have been healed and touched and seen Jesus. Hallelujah. I get the opportunity tomorrow, actually. I'm going to the beach and baptizing my little eight, nine-year-old niece at, at the beach. So um, pray pray for us. I, I want that to be a, a blessing to her, a blessing to her mom and dad. And uh, folks around us will see what's happening. Maybe we'll get a chance to talk to somebody about Jesus while we're down there. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Amen. Be blessed, guys. Have an awesome week this week. And... Uh, Keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org.